Do you want to play in the red zone or shoot one into the gap? How about we just take it easy and just pull up from mid-range? Whatever activity you're into, we've got you covered. And our coverage is tight. Welcome to Sports Hub. This is madness. Madness. This is Sports Hub. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sports Hub. I'm your host, John Longton. There he is. I got Ben Soren. Tis I. In his living room with a nice little plant behind him. Thank you. It's I great. am in the newly renovated Rolf's Pork Store Sports Hub <laughs> Studio. <laughs> where I got a nice background here. I, I implemented a green screen. I got a little microphone here, even though it's not plugged in yet. We are a work in progress. I got a soundboard in the mail. We got all this. I thought you painted that. That's a green screen? It's yeah, beautiful. Painted. It's Thank beautiful. You. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Sports are back, kind of. We had the draft. Uh, ben gives out all of his draft grades, and I ripped him for making <sighs> draft grades. And um, we got the Jordan Doc. So we are rolling. Uh, we are killing it on all cylinders here. So we should just jump right into it, shall we? Let's do it, man. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, no. Get ready. All right, Ben, uh, the draft is over. A wild uh-huh. weekend. A wild weekend in sports, like, it's kind of a little bit of normalcy. Like, we're back to kind of being normal without watching games being played, but there's still, like, a ton of sports with the draft, the Jordan documentary, all the stuff that's surrounding, you know, the sports world. It kind of gave us an escape for one weekend, and now we're right back in this shit. Well, as the great Eli, I'm sorry, as the great Peyton Manning stated, it gives us hope. It does. It does give us hope. Whether it's false hope or not, it gives us something to look forward to, you know, something to, something to look forward to, you know, as far as the rebuild, you know, it gives us um, a look into the future, basically, yeah. as he worded it. So it was, it was definitely weird, not going to lie, just taking it in like that. Like, so I don't know what you did for the draft, but I was in a Zoom chat with a couple of my cousins and uh, Maddie Hawks actually was in the Zoom chat as well. I uh, I invited him in as well, just for a little uh, comic relief. But we were zooming, and it was tough because we're all watching on either the internet or cable or a computer or fucking pirated this. So we were all trying to sync up and watch it at the same exact time, which is tough. So what we ended up doing was uh, we shared a screen, shut our phones off, shut everything off, and we all watched the shared screen. And it was like, it was very blippy, like bip, 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 bip. We didn't have the sound on, but so we could just react to the, the players getting chosen at the same time. It was kind of cool like that, I guess. Um, but it's just it, – it's nothing like being together in the same room with, like, a pizza and some wings and having some beers and, like, going fucking nuts. You know, the draft is something that I hold very holy every year because, like, you never know what's going to happen. You know, it, it wasn't that big this year with, like, trades and shit like that. 
but you never know what's going to happen. You don't know what's on the table. You don't know if the Packers are going to trade up and select Jordan Love, which was crazy. We'll get to that in a second. But I don't know. How'd you take it in? Uh, by myself, surrounded by the TVs. Um, it's just it's all I need. It's a so, simple man, simple pleasure kind of thing. So a normal Thursday night. A, a normal night for me, period. You know, so I, instead of porn being on the TV, you just insert sports. Porn's never on the TV. Porn's on the phones, as you know. It's just True. the easiest way. You're right. It's just, you know me. I, sometimes I don't like to be bothered. This, to me, is a huge event. This, to me, is the, the reshaping of a team. You know, it's filling out that report card. It's, it's making sure that teams have addressed the needs that they have. Um, stupid questions. I don't have time to answer them during that particular evening. Uh, I'd gotten wings on Thursday night. Uh, you know, it was hard getting out of work, but I, I, I did what made me happy. You know, I, I just needed it like you needed it back in your life. So I didn't have time to deal with blip, blip, blip and Maddie Hawks and syncing up, you know, my three TVs and laptops. It's just not, but it, it was good. Necessary. It was good to have the camaraderie. You know what I'm saying? I like to take that together with a group because you can all react at the same exact time. Like, Oh my God. Ah! You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure yeah. you took to Twitter, you took to social media after every pick. and you, I took you right wanted, to Facebook. I know, I saw it, I saw it. And, you know, you yearn for that interaction with people, and, and it sucks being secluded and not having that interaction and having to turn to social media. I just like to be in a room full of people like, oh, my God, that was fucking crazy, let's go. But in terms of, like, uh, ambiance for the NFL draft, it was weird, man. Like, I didn't hear the sound until day two, like I said. And I was listening to uh, Roger Goodell with the fans, and that was just – awkward dude it was so awkward every time he had his head turned to the screen and he acted like he interacted with the fans like all right come on Colts fans I need to hear you what do you got every I fucking wanna, pick I know you can boo me louder every oh he did that with the Jets I saw that he did that day one every single team is like, come on I want to hear the booze I want to hear the booze but like dude it was uh, getting it was getting so old and you could tell like it was just so set up and manufactured like come on what what'd you expect uh, what as far as the fan aspect of the draft, I mean, they did the best they could. They gave, you know, a select number of fans cameras, you know, to record their feelings and interaction. But it's not the same as being in Vegas or being no. in the Jacob Javits no. Center or being in, you know, or New York Radio City Musical or whatever. You Look know, what um, happened in Nashville last year. The streets were fucking packed in Nashville last year. It was crazy. There was like 500,000 fans just packed in the streets. They did it the right way. I mean, we all saw Goodell get, you know, drunker by the minute which was crazy as he ate his M&Ms. But, I mean, he was a me he eventually was a mess. But yeah. we, could talk, uh, we could talk about the bids. You know, you saw the, the bid for Dave Portnoy. No. Dave Portnoy right now is the current high uh, to have the night with Roger Goodell, watch a football game in Roger Goodell's basement. So right, right now, like, he's the winning bid. His winning bid of 50 grand is the highest, but they extended it for another, like, 13 more days. Portnoy so, will pay a million dollars. He literally said, I have no, I will go up to seven figures if I have to. The, <laughs> oh my the, God. The, the double date with Russell Wilson and Sierra just sold for a half a million dollars. Oh my so, God. What would you rather I, do? Oh, I mean, honestly, I don't have anybody to go on a double date with. So, oh, come on. Enough with the pity party. You would, I, take, I would, you would take I me. would take Russell Wilson. No, I would say, yeah, I would take you and we'd go on a date with Russell Wilson and Sierra all day. But right. but the fact that Portnoy is willing to spend a million dollars to me is absolutely hysterical. You know, Dude, I just, it's great. I could see Portnoy spending a million dollars, him and Goodell getting together, and then like them seeing eye to eye and liking each other. And then 
NFL has a Barstool <laughs> Sports partnership. I can, I swear to God, I swear it to God. Builds, it you builds put those up. two in a room because, yeah, in, on the microphones, you can say this and say that. But when you're face-to-face with somebody and you spend an evening with somebody, you're not going to fucking hate on them, rip on them the whole night. You're going to find some common ground. You're going to have a conversation. Especially if you just paid a million bucks. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You just paid a million dollars. Dude, I could see them having a great relationship. That's just me. That's no Strajanus. You can write it down. You can book it. You can bet it. You can do whatever you want with it. But uh, in terms of the draft itself, Ben, you're a big grades guy. You give out a lot of grades. I do. Tell me about your mindset. When you're, like, when you're giving out a team's grades, do you just, like, look at just filling holes or just taking – I don't understand. I, I feel like this year a lot of teams, not only do they fill holes, but um, they got to prepare for the future. Um, you right. made mention of it with Green Bay, you know, looking towards Jordan Love. So now we have A-Rod and J-Lo in that locker room as well. Um, you know, do you take the chance? Do you take the media scrutiny? Um, do you move up? Do you trade down? Um, are you looking for this year, looking for next year? Um, Who would you lose? Who did you gain, you know, in free agency? What may right. you lose? Who's more prone to be injured? What position are you really lacking at? What caused you to lose in the playoffs? Um, there's a lot, man. I mean, certain teams I gave, this is probably the highest graded year as a whole. I think I gave 10 teams, uh, 89s or above. I think as a whole, a lot of teams just fit their needs real well. Um, a lot of mediocre grading in my eyes this year. Do you, um, do you do this every year? Yeah. Do you have your grades from years past? You see this? I'm interested. I'm really interested to go back like five years ago. Okay. And, and see the grades that you gave and see if they stacked up with how well the team did. Because uh, in my mind, in my mind, I won't give a grade until three years away until you know who the players are. Because you don't know who your busts are going to be. You don't know who's going to rise up the ranks. You don't know if you drafted Tom Brady in the sixth round. You don't know any of this shit until three years from now. And then you take a lot of these guys, you put them in where they have to be the man right away. They lose their confidence, and their careers are fucking bust. A lot of these quarterbacks go through this shit, and a lot of positional players go through the same shit as well, where they're given a maybe one, two-year window, like, hey, we took you in the first, second round. You're not working out. we got to get rid of your ass. And then they end up in the Arena League or XFL or where the fuck they're playing. Canada, Japan, whatever. See but, like, it's, it's tough to, to give an honest grade and honest review. Like, it's fun. How long did it take you, by the way, to, to do these grades? Um, I mean, I did it along with the draft, but probably an extra two hours. An extra two hours. So, yeah, I'm looking at uh, NFL's grades. The NFL gave out a bunch of grades as well. And, what site? Uh, NFL.com. Okay. What's your source? NFL. Uh and every fucking team has like an A or a B. There's one team that got a C. Can you guess the team that got a C? On NFL? Yeah. One team Texas? got a C. One team Nobody got, got a C plus. Nobody got a D? No. Uh, the, the lowest grade that was given, I'm looking at it right now, is a C plus. The low, that would have to be the Texans. Was not the Texans. Was it the Steelers? Was not the Steelers. Steelers Falcons. got an A minus. No, anyway, Falcons? Not the Falcons. I'll give you one more guess. My lowest other than that were the Packers. Packers. They got a C plus. Yeah. Your Texans. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Your Texans. I think Texans had the worst draft. They got a B plus. Says uh, the Texans parted with their first pick this year after dealt with left tackle Laramie Tunsil. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. Dude, I can't believe they signed Laramie Tunsil that big-ass extension. I don't think he was that good. I'm not. He's the highest-paid offensive lineman in the league right now. 
they they paid him so that they can let uh, DeAndre Hopkins go. That doesn't make sense to me. No, me neither, man. Doesn't I mean, make sense to me at all. Arizona and loved it. The fact that they went and they, they traded for Cooks, why don't you go out and get Diggs? They could have went out and got Diggs, you know? It cost a lot less. Different kinds of receivers. Right, but that's you need that speedy receiver. Hawkins, or, um, they already, Hopkins is speedy. They already have – I mean, not only is he speedy, he's a possession receiver. You know, he holds on to everything. You can go to him. You can't really go to Cooks because he's injury prone. He typically has a concussion every year. He runs yeah. three routes on a route tree. That's it. Um, Hopkins does it all. Um, to me, it was just – it was absurd what they did. I would have never let him go. You know, that's a franchise receiver. Let me pause you there. We're burying the lead. We're burying the lead. Let's go back to the draft. Let's go back to the draft. Let's go back to pick number five. Tank for fucking Tua. We got him. I'm so excited. No, no tank needed. No tank needed. They won five out of the last seven games or something stupid like that, and they ended up getting his ass still. What did the NFL grade uh, Miami with? The NFL gave him an A-. minus. Let's see. They said I gave, I gave him a high B+. Plus. Ivy plus, all right. It was close to a. I would have rather them. I would have liked to see them make a bigger trade up. I think they could have gotten another second round or another first round pick. Maybe. Same thing in Minnesota. Minnesota. I gave Minnesota an A minus, and Minnesota had 15 picks. You could have shelled a couple of them together. You know, they filled holes that they already have like a rich surplus of. You know, like no. Yeah, my my question with Minnesota is why trade digs and then draft a receiver like. You're filling a need that you didn't have to fill. Like what the contract, personality, fit. You know, now you get him for three, four more years without having to deal with that contract. You know. Right, but who knows if Jefferson's gonna turn out the way Diggs was. Diggs is a proven receiver. Oh, you know that for a fact? I, I do. I mean, Jefferson's my number three on my board, so Okay. Who's your number I, one? My number one was uh C D Jerry Judy no, Jerry Judy is my one. Okay. C D Lamb's my two. Jefferson's my three. I had Denzel Mims as my fourth-rated receiver, and he went 59 to the Jets. Jeez. That, to me, that was the biggest surprise of the entire draft for me. That was – I think the Jets – that right there gave the Jets an A grade for me. You, you ever know? have a dream like, God damn it, I wish I was a GM. Like, I would have done this, I would have done that. Every day. You know, like, I play Madden franchise mode, and I don't play yeah. a single <laughs> game. I will simulate – like, I'm playing – I told you uh, a couple weeks back that I found a PS2 in my closet. I'm playing Madden 09. I'm simulating franchises. I'm on year 10. I won five Super Bowls in a row. I'm just the best GM <laughs> there ever was in terms what? of drafting, in terms of free agents, in terms of negotiating contracts. If they, if they want to raise you up, cut their asses. You know what I'm saying? Building the draft. You got it. But. <laughs> this a PS2. That's great. Yeah, um, I mean, I was going to splurge for a, uh, a PS4, but I guess the new PS5 is coming out soon in, like, September. I guess. I'm, a ga- I'm not a gamer. I'm not a gamer as well, but like I got nothing really going on. No. You're building, you're building a studio. That's what you have. Don't, building, don't a studio, building a studio. It's, I'm actually waiting on shit in the mail for like a week and a half now. I, I ordered a soundboard. Goddamn non-essential soundboards. All right, it's essential for me. <laughs> I ordered a microphone that that I've, that's been in the mail for like two and a half weeks. I know. That's and, why I have to. I got to do this from home because I don't have my mic. I know. Well, I got this bad boy right now, but it's like I need a soundboard in order to get rid of that. Uh, you know that little fuzz that you can hear last time? Yeah. Yeah. So the soundboard's going to alleviate that. I got another mic for you in a box over there, and I got a third mic that I'm going to hook up right to the computer. We're, we're working over here. And I also ordered one other thing. You might like this. I ordered a juicer. 
a studio slow, juicer? A slow masticating juicer. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, You're going to start I'm, juicing? Dude, I'm going to get on a cycle. Invite me over for some like celery and carrot juice. Right. That's what I'm doing. Uh, I guess, I guess I've been reading up on it. I've been watching like these little YouTube clips that like Joe Schmo and fucking, you know, Jimmy Lipper have been putting out. Oops, silence your phones. Rookie. Silence your phones. Rookie mistake. But uh, if you drink a glass of celery juice, which is like equivalent to one stalk of celery every morning, it boosts your metabolism. It's good for your bones. It's good for this. It's good for that. Apparently, you, you shit your ass off for like three days straight. But after you get over that three-day hump, you're like Superman. Well, you're going to – I mean, you're going to keep shitting. That's the purpose of juicing. You're, you're cleansing your soul and your colon. Right, but your body's more used to it. Like the, the first three days, you just shock your body and you're just fucking flushing it right down the toilet. The second you drink or the second you have that wonderful meat from downstairs, it's gonna, you're going to be in tears. Probably. Dude, it's listen to this. So I was in Virginia Beach visiting my buddy. who he, He's the one who put me on this whole juicing thing. Shout out to Johnny Morris out of Virginia Beach. Was this for the wedding? No, that was, um, he, was, he was in the wedding with me, but that was in Jersey. But anyway, he's a big juicer, getting into vegan shit. And like, he's like a big foodie right now with like all health and stuff like that. So um, he gave me a, a cup of celery juice, like one of my first days I was down there. He's like, here, drink this. It's really good for you. Da, da, da. I'm like, all right, you know, I've been letting myself go a little bit. Maybe I should drink this thing. He didn't tell me I was going to be pissing out of my ass for like two days straight. And I'm on vacation. I'm on the yeah. beach. I'm on the beach reading a book, running back and forth to his apartment like every fucking half an hour. I'm like, dude, did you know I was going to shit my brains out? He goes, yeah, but it's healthy. I'm like, I want to kill you right now. I'm on vacation. You should have just done it in the ocean. You're right. You're right. That's, I should have just been drinking beers and Bloody Marys for breakfast like I normally do on vacation. Mimosas exactly. about shit, but no, I had to be healthy. But all right, back into the draft, back into the draft. Um, I want to talk about girlfriends in this draft. I know where you're going. Do the switch. Make, do the background switch now. All right, hold on a second. Uh, first off, biggest loser of the day. I don't agree. You're, move your head. <laughs> Put it on mommy's lap. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I think she's getting a lot. So you know who that is? Trey Young's ex-girlfriend. That's Trey Young's ex-girlfriend? Yeah, that's, uh, that's CeeDee Lamb's girlfriend from Oklahoma. But that's Trey Young's ex-girlfriend. Oh, okay? my God. She's trying to get rich. She is. But there's truth in what she did. She wasn't going after, like, a female text. He was on the phone with Mike McCarthy, and uh, his agent was calling in. So she picked up the face. She went to pick up the FaceTime for the agent and grabbed it back. It's not like it was like a girl or anything like that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I want to. You want it. You want to know. I want to jump to my own conclusions. (laughs) How about the other? Can you take his face off the screen right now? Because it's scary. Not only is it scary, dude. He looks like the these nuts guy. Yeah, he does. Okay, like when you put them. Yeah. So that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest deals of the entire draft. The fact that CeeDee Lamb fell to Dallas at that 17 spot. They didn't have him on a draft board. I was like, yo, they weren't looking for a receiver. That's not somebody you think is still going to be there at 17. So everyone that, there's nobody shitting on Dallas. That was an incredible pick. I take that all day. That solidifies that offense. You know, that's a top two offense in the NFL right now, right off the bat. Uh, As long as Dak can reach them downfield. I feel like if anything. I don't think Dak is the quarterback that's going to get them there. He's, he's not, especially if he's demanding $40 million because next year you're not going to be able to sign him. But if they lost an entire defense already, 
you know, they're going to have to just throw up 50 every single game. Right. You can't, you can't have a quarterback that throws 15 yards downfield. You can't make that 20 yard out. You know, yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's not going to do it for you, but that's why you get CD lamb in the slot because he's just going to be explosive and get a ton of yak yards. It's unreal. But what do you want to say? You want to say that, you know, no girlfriend should be touching your phone or. No, I just think it's funny. I, I think it's funny. Like I, Remember the picture that I posted the other day of Russell Wilson's girlfriend back then at yeah, the time with her face like like a horse. Yeah, yeah. Like they're all excited. thinking they're all thinking, Oh my god, we made it and they're all thinking like, No, bitch, I made it. Fuck you yeah. talking about. They're all you, upgrading. You see how many like moms push people out of the out of the, the yes, frame. So like, yeah, that's something my mom used to do. My mom used to when we would take like uh portraits or pictures where they're like our girlfriends or boyfriends, depending on my sisters or my whatever. She would always make sure the boyfriend or girlfriend was on the outside of the picture. That way, if she needed to edit it, they, it would be easier to edit it. The family wow. was like center. So That's cutthroat. I, I thought of my mom the entire – she knew. She knew what she had in his son, you know? Like, there was no – Well, you, know, you, ever get the fucking, you ever get the fucking jealous girlfriend that'll go to your, your parents' house, and then they'll have a picture of you and your old girlfriend up from prom or something like that, and then she'll be like, what? who is that? Like, bitch, that, that was 10 years ago. What are you talking about? Well, no, not, not with me. When I'm done with somebody, I'm done with all aspects. But I had that with my last ex where I went to her house and her parents, sorry, I went to her house and her parents still had up her wedding registry with like save the dates for her and her ex-husband on their fridge. And I was like, come on, man, like, I don't, I don't need to be seen. I was put through that. You know, I don't, I don't need that anymore, especially if I'm paying for your divorce. Right. Um, but I, I, to me, once I'm done with you, I'm done with you. I, I would get rid of everything. I wouldn't have that. 10 year old picture from prom neither with my mom well no it's so. it's like a, a high school picture that your parents have up or whatever you know it's it's a fucking whatever picture but i had a girl who is that da, 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 da. like bitch what are you talking about what yeah. do you mean see i had a blow up doll i took a blow up doll to my senior prom jesus so. christ did you for real i did her name was barbara she was hot she came right. in second for prom queen you know this is a good transition to last dance. That's a horrible transition. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't spend 11 hours at least watching football on drafts to talk about CD Lamb. No, you did That's that to, to get your sanity back. But go ahead, make some points that you want to make. I know, I know you're dying over there. Just give me your, like, just go, rift, rift. What do you want? So this year I had 20 top-ranking wide receivers that I feel would make an impact in the NFL as – uh, one or one A starters right off the bat. Um, 21 or one A? 21 or one A receivers we will be looking at from this draft class. You're one. At least. At I'll least. See, like you said, let's see what happens in three years. Right. Okay. I'm going to hang yeah. up. I'm taking your answer off the air and I'll talk to you in three years. Um, we had nine teams not even select the wide receiver, which to me was crazy. Uh, we had the Carolina Panthers select for the first time ever, used all seven picks for defensive players. They didn't take one offensive player whatsoever. I thought that was uh, that was actually really impressive by Matt Rule. That gave to me they they solidified all their missing holes. Um, I would have loved to see another you know top tier receiver over there, but I guess they have their run game solidified, and that's what they care most about. Um, I really, really, really like what the Giants and Jets did. I think that there's hope in New York for the first time in years um, where both teams can make a push. Um, obviously what Dallas did, every pick was, you know, so I, I'll say that a lot, solidifying holes or solidifying the needs. Um, 
you know, that CD Lamb addition was unexpected and tremendous. They also got Trayvon Diggs to solidify the secondary. Um, really like what the Ravens did. Ravens got a lot of wide receiver talent late. Um, they got Patrick uh, Queen. They got J.K. Dobbins, you know, an Ingram replacement. Really like what the Colts did. I think with the Colts two picks, even though they had to wait till day two, their first two picks, they gave themselves a starting running back and a starting wide receiver right off the bat. Um, and then again, late, they took another, you know, receiver and Desmond Patton, which is huge. Um, obviously, Denver taking KJ Hamler and um, uh, Jerry Judy. Dude, that, that's a sick three-headed monster with Cortland Sutton. I know that yeah. Derek was ecstatic for what Denver was doing. Yeah, but the, um, the Broncos need to shore up their offensive line, though. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're still missing a tackle. They're, they still got a lot of holes in that line. I, I follow a, um, a, a Denver Broncos beat reporter, and he was mad with the pick because he's like, listen, we have receivers. We're not, we're not addressing issues. Well, they got uh, Cushionberry, the center, which I thought filled the huge hole. He was a top one. Cushionberry. Oh. Prickleberry is a good kiwi pear drink, I think. No, um, I say Kringleberry. Uh, what's that? Is that the cousin of your dingleberries? No, remember the Key and Peel fucking skit? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Kringleberry was one of them, I believe. Oh, I only you would remember their names of the star <laughs> of the cornerback on the Key and Peel fucking fantasy team. Come on, Kansas City, I love that um, the coaching staff reached out to Mahomes. You don't really see that, I think. Uh, reaching out to Mahomes to see who he would take, how he would fill the, the hole, and the fact that they took uh, Clyde Edwards for Lair. Um, that's scary. <laughs> I mean, I went into last season thinking that Darwin Thompson would be the future running back there, you know, and then they let McCoy handle most of the work. Um, and now you bring in somebody that's got back like – uh, Edward Tolaire that can do the damage you can and just another receiving back. Where do you I think, think uh, Damian Williams falls in line here, though? He he had a good playoff run. I I think he's going to be working his way out the door pretty soon. I mean, maybe I, one last year. I feel you know, he's going to demand he's going to demand money that they're not going to want to pay. And right yeah. now, when you have you know Darwin Thompson still on his second year of four and Clyde Edwards on his first rookie deal, like they have a solidified running back core. And then again, with the receivers that they have, do they really need that that extra running back. I don't think it's necessary. Solidified their safety. They got, um, they got Lucas Nyang on the line. Um, they brought in two new tackles, another cornerback that they were high on. Um, I, I think, you know, Kansas City didn't get worse. You know, I do like what Baltimore did. I can definitely foresee, and I don't want to say it, an AFC championship with Baltimore and Kansas City right off the bat. Right. I think Indy got a lot stronger, though. The Jets got strong. Um, I think, um, one team that I was scratching my head with was Philly. Like, what with the, the J fuck was Philly doing? The Jalen Hurts move? Not or only the, that, the, Rager, the, the Rager move. The Rager move. Dude, I, I, I had Rager as a top 10 receiver. I, don't, I didn't see him that high. Same thing with Ruggs. You know, I, I love Ruggs, but I don't see him as being that, that evolutionary talent. You know, he's super fast, you know, but you even heard it. Like, he cares more about basketball than he does football. You know, when he really runs two routes, that's it. He goes over the middle, he's dead. So are they going to utilize him like that? I mean, they, Alshon Jeffrey is still demanding a trade out of Philly. You know, right. if, they get, if they get rid of Alshon, then what? You know, I don't – Philly eventually, you know, I began to fill holes and it, it looked a little bit better, but it's just not the route I would have taken. Did, I you, saw see, um, did you see Philly's quarterback uh, – their uh, quarterback depth chart literally <laughs> reads 
Wentz hurts. Wentz hurts. <laughs> I did. I saw you do that a lot. I saw it a lot. Um, just crazy to me. Um, I, I actually thought Dallas was going to take Hurts late. I didn't. Th- I didn't have Hurts graded as a second round talent. I could have seen Not, that. I, I, I would have waited. Um, um, the biggest head scratch of the night was night one at least was uh, the Packers taking Love. Like what, what the you- hell? Is it a head scratcher or is it them solidifying their future? No, no, they- no. If you're a game shy of going to the Super Bowl, you got to play for the now. You know what I'm saying? You got to play for the now. Wasn't there offense that kept them from getting to the Super Bowl, though? It was that defense that led up like 300 plus rushing yards? All right, then draft a defender. You got so many people on the board. It's the first. They traded up to get Love. They traded up to get him. It's not like, they, yeah. it's not like Love fell to him, it's not like he was a value pick. They traded up to get. They lost value to grab his ass to sit him on the bench for three years. Like, what? What was the? What was the point of that? I mean, they don't have a backup just in case. Um, but they did this a couple of years ago. Um, remember when they got like Humley? Did they yeah. draft Hum? I mean, they thought he was the future. I don't see Love currently being able to fit in and do everything. If that's what they're going to plan for, that's fine. But if anything, I would have waited till next year's quarterback class. I, I could have seen from or Eason, you know, being, you know, sufficient backups to, to Aaron Rodgers. I think it was a complete slap in the face of Aaron Rodgers. I think he needs a receiver. I mean, you tried the Jimmy Graham experience forever. It was horrible. That, that offense, I mean, you bring it, and then your first offensive talent that you bring in is a running back, you know, when you already have, you know, two of the best running backs in the league, you know, like, was it a bigger slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers or was it a bigger slap in the face to um, Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, you know, yeah, like you never know. You brought in a running back that is looking for a, if he's a starting running back, you know, like what do, what are we doing now? You you brought in a tier two. Are you going to let Williams go? Are you going to move one of them into the you know into the slot like they should be doing in Cleveland? You know, put Kareem Hunt in the slot, which hopefully they do this year. Um, I don't get it, but if if they see a future, if if that's their quarterback of the future, and they think they've been able to look into a crystal you know ball and see that. You know, in two years from now, you know, this is who we're converting and we're switching over to and we're going to let, you know, Rodgers go somewhere else. I don't know, man. I, I, I wouldn't have done that. I mean, that's also why I had the Packers. I think their first three packs, the first three picks really did nothing for me. Um, it's not the way I would have gone. I would have, like you said, went strong D end. I would have went wide receiver early in the second round. but Interior lineman, I mean. Somebody, you know. Interior keep, defensive keep, lineman is what I'm saying. I mean, Monster just ran all over their asses. That's Which, that should have been the first thing you address when you have a running back put up four touchdowns and like fucking two hundred something yards in the biggest game of your season, yeah. biggest game of a lot of people's careers. You don't address that issue first and foremost. That's ludicrous. Maybe they'll maybe free agency somehow when people can take physicals again. You know, maybe there are people out there that we don't know. Um, right. I mean, there are guys being released left and right. You know, every team is releasing guys that's going under the radar. You know, just because they're not signing, so we're not hearing the double side of it. True. Um, as far as a Dolphin fan go, you're happy besides from Tua? Yeah, they picked up a couple offensive linemen, which I'm happy so, about that. You got your cornerback? Got our, I mean, we didn't need a cornerback, to, to be Ig, honest. Ig, Ignim Bonahe? I, I think that's how you say it. Ignim. It's Ignim. Uh, here, let me give it Ignim, a shot. Ignim Day. Noah Igbaningi. Solid. Ignim. <laughs> Solid. 
No, but I, I like I like the fact that they're going out there. They're 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 sewing up their defense. They're getting offensive linemen. They're building. It starts in the trenches. It starts in the trenches. I've been preaching forever that I want the I want the Dolphins to do what the Cowboys did like seven years ago. Remember when the Cowboys went offensive line happy in the draft? Every year, first round pick. Boom, now boom, every, boom, every year, boom, boom. You're, you got you got to solidify. You got to keep Tua healthy. Okay, right. you got to keep right. them up. It's a and big expect, question mark. Especially think, being a lefty, that right side of the line has to be solidified completely. I, I love it, man. I love that pick for you guys. But dude, I still think you need another receiver. You know, you need to make that trade or you got to bring something. they some... need another receiver. They got Jabari Parker. They got Grant. They got Wilson. They got speedy Listen, guys. Jabari Parker just had his best year in, what, his fourth year in the league? All I of a sudden. It, this... it might have been his fifth year. But I'm saying he was a no like, – I've had hopes on him forever. And yeah, but he was finally... always getting nicked up. He was finally staying healthy. That, that had a big thing to do with it. He played a full season. All right. So I like we'll it. I I, I like Miami. That division's tough, though. I mean, Buffalo got better. The Jets got better. New England did not get better. So, for the first time, that division's a little bit more open. But you but never know with these fucking guys. You never I, know. You got, Nike, you got Nike Belichick picking guys now. I mean, maybe that's the, the brains of the organization. With the dog? Yeah. That was, that was weird. I don't know, John, to say the least. We have, a, we have a foreign fan, right? We have a, a good friend of yeah, ours. Yeah, Paula, yeah. So Paula and I had a really good discussion the other day on Facebook because we were talking about Nike. And she's like, that was the best. Because I found out she's a Patriots fan. I had to know. I had to know. She's a Pats fan? She is. I'll accept it because she's our number one fan. So uh, we were talking about Nike. So then I pulled up like Nike's like Instagram account, Nike's Twitter account. And like Belichick has like been walking around with this dog with a hoodie with its, its arms cut off for two years. Which I, I couldn't believe that, you know, we, we haven't, like, addressed this sooner. Send so me thought, one of those pictures. I'll put it up on the uh, Instagram. I will. It's hysterical. He went to, like, a John Hopkins, like, lacrosse game or whatever, and he was, like, walking around with the dog. And the dog's in the hoodie, and he's in the hoodie. <laughs> yeah, I don't like little dogs, though, man. I'll tell you. It's, a, it's adorable, though. Don't do the Gruden. Don't, I heard you do it, though. What? I, no, that was by accident. Uh, okay. That was by, uh, I'm, not, I'm not – Gruden's not here today. Uh, no, gonna say, if you're going to get a dog, you might as well get a dog. Get a German Shepherd, like real people. Okay. Yeah. So as a whole, I mean, our first ever virtual draft, I mean, I was obviously would have wanted more. Um, we're going to get a chance to see it again in Vegas in two years. So uh, it's cool that the NFL will give them the rebuttal. Right. Um, next year, I think it's in Cleveland, right? And then uh, we should go next year to Cleveland. I'm down. Dude, they, they sell Jameson on draft at some of the bars in Cleveland. That sounds a like a dangerous time. Not a, let's say, um, but as a whole, you know, I definitely think it brought us together. I mean, this was the highest rated draft we've ever seen. 55 million right. people or something they said, right? That's, that's, but that's you can't insane. account for people pirating the shit and stealing it illegally and Reddit streams but, and this and that. I'm sure there's another 20 million people. Yeah. At, le I'm sure, at least. I'm sure it was almost as, high, as highly rated as like a Super Bowl. Not this year's Super Bowl, like Super Bowl past as – you know, more, more and more fans are watching every year. But uh, I thought it was good. I, I thought that um, there was going to be a lot more technical issues. The only really thing that I could say is sometimes the analysts weren't on the same page. Like, there'd be like a five-second gap, and then somebody didn't know they had to speak because it's, it's tough with your cadences when you're not seeing yeah. people in real life. You know what I'm saying? You're looking at a computer screen. You're looking at all your shit, your devices and stuff. But uh, all in all, I think 
they did it well. They did it good on the fly. And I think both the networks work together because those guys don't broadcast together. And they're all in the same – they're all in the same uh, feed. Did you watch – so when you guys finally watched it, you weren't paying attention to audio day one because the first night I listened to ESPN, the second night – because I had all the TVs going, ABC just had better coverage. They had better backstories. Um, I like – they wouldn't run the same shit. No, ABC had the college game day guys on. The college game day guys on. The game day uh, gays. Like, the game day gays. Like her, uh, Michael Herb, Sam was there. <laughs> Herb Street. Now's the time. There you go. You open the door for it. Put it up, man. Hold on. Don't put. Don't put it up. I'm gonna puke. It's not that bad. Uh, I think I lost. Oh, there it is. Here, I'll put it up briefly. Best draft day moment, right? All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a hoax because basically Jeff Fisher was told to draft him by Goodell for like a good PR move. Like he was not going to get drafted. He's not in the league anymore, right? No, I haven't seen him. He actually came to, um, I think it was Hudson Valley and he was, he was speaking. He, he does a lot of like public speeches and shit like that throughout the nation. I heard he was, um, oh my God, why can't I remember his name? The linebacker from Notre Dame. Mante Teo? Yeah. I, I heard he was the one that was catfishing Mante Teo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, let's digress. Um, so, wrapping up the draft. Draft gave us hope. We're excited to actually now see it pan out, see this guy's get on the practice field. It did, but you know what? With these fucking cocksuckers all going on the beach down in Florida, they're going to ruin our football season. Listen, as long as I see training camp, you know what's funny, man? Yesterday, I listened to our podcast from like the 11th, okay, when uh, the night that the NBA got canceled while we were yeah. live doing all that, and we made our predictions of what would happen and stuff. I mean, we said it. We said exactly what was going to happen is that weeks down the road, you know, we're not going to see baseball. We're not going to see football. Everyone's going to follow. It's really scary to think about. You know, we're going on. It's almost going to be two months without sports, yeah. you know. Um, That's uh, a fifth of a year. No, and, a sixth of a year. You know, this gave us some hope. This gave us some hope, but realistically, like, baseball would have already been on for weeks, okay? We're missing out on, you know, a ton of baseball already. The fact that, like, the issue is now becoming, are these guys going to take less money? We're going to have – we, we want to play, but we're not going to have the income coming in. We're not going to have, you know, the revenue. Are they going to play for less money even if we do get a season started? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had, we've had people come out saying that concerts in certain states, any, like – uh, any gathering over 50 people is not going to be allowed until 2021. Yeah. No. I think every concert at SPAC was canceled this year. That's what I keep hearing. They haven't officially canceled it yet. You know, I'm, they have, I'm uh, anxious to see what happens with the track. Yeah, I mean, they're still a go for right now, but I can't see it being a go. Okay, I, we're I mean, two months away. Two months and. Based off of Cuomo's plan yesterday, I mean, we're going to begin to slowly open up the state on May 15th, two weeks at a time for this, two weeks at a time for that, testing, testing, testing. Dude, we're not going to see baseball. If we're not going to see baseball, we're definitely not going to see football. You know, it's just, mm. it's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, it's these tough. guys, they don't want to leave their homes and go play in Arizona and be away from their families. You know, they don't want to do it. And not only that, they don't want to do it while taking a pay cut. And if they're not doing it, if they're not setting the bar, then it's going to come down to the NFL. True. I mean, we haven't even – the NBA is just now, you know, opening up some of their facilities to one-on-one -on -one time or just getting some gym time. Only in states where, you know, it, 
lifted orders have been cleared. So, and they're I, still kind of phasing all that in right now. Anyway, let's. Even, uh, we're running short saying, on time. You gotta get. You gotta get out of here soon, don't you? I do, but what I'm just saying is, even though we have hope, I just hope it's not false hope. I hope it's. You know, I hope this gets filled, and I, I hope we're able to resolve all this, and we're able to see some of this actually work out and pan out, so people can talk shit about my rankings and my grades, you know? And I want to see your- I'll always talk shit about whatever you got to say. I, I, Don't worry I about just it. want, I want to see the Dolphins make a playoff push for your sake before we die, you know, so- Fuck you. They were in the playoffs two years ago, dummy. Two years ago, what, really? Yes, they played, they got smacked by the Steelers in the first round. Remember Matt Moore had to start oh, for jail? Oh yeah, that's right, that's right, you're right. If we only had Tanny, man, if we only had Tanny. Stop. <laughs> All right, let's start <laughs> a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about, we have not talked about Jordan. The lead story. Jordan, the last leads, dance. The only real sports out there. Yeah, in past tense. All right, let's throw to a break. We'll come back. We'll talk some Jordan, and we'll uh, we'll get you. You got to go to work or something, right? I, I'm sorry. It's supposed to be at work. All right, nice. Throw to a break. Are you on the brink of losing your shit? Tired of being cooped up indoors with the same old stuff to do? You can only watch so many murder mystery shows on Netflix before you think to yourself, I probably can get away with that. Well, before you go any further, you might want to try some virtual trivia presented by the Doghouse Beer Garden in Clifton Park. Anyone who purchases any food or beverage will be giving a Zoom chat code for our Tuesday night trivia where they can battle it out with other couples on the brink of divorce or loners that are plotting some shit. The room goes live every Tuesday at 6.45 where I explain the rules and what we have for prizes. Hopefully it keeps everyone out of jail. So last night, the last dance, the whole nation is watching. Albany Patroon's record, 13 minutes into the second one. I was, I had mixed emotions about the Albany Patroon's record uh, mention. I thought they would make uh, that last episode more geared towards the Albany Patroon's. <laughs> you know, instead of giving us- A man, uh, a man can dream, right? Like, instead of giving us like a five second clip, like, yeah, he went to Albany, he won a championship, and then he got a call from the Bulls. But uh, it was awesome. It was very nostalgic. It was it was kind of cool to to see that, but I mean, in terms of how how the the structure of the last dance is and, and the timing of everything and the, and the time frames and, and how they're telling the story, I, I love it. I think they're doing a great job in telling the full story of the Bulls dynasty and clipping back and forth from that last season as well. So they're they're bringing you all the way up to that tenth episode where you'll be caught up to speed with their whole Bulls franchise from the dynasty from when Jordan was drafted all the way up to that last dance and then it's going to take over. I just think they're doing a great job with, with their storytelling storytelling aspect. I agree. Yeah. I, I like how they're doing the timelines. I like how 
um, you know, they'll bring you up to like a certain date in the season. And then all of a sudden they shoot you back 30 years to like their childhood or the upbringing, you know, like yeah. we saw last night with Rodman last week with Pippen. Yeah. Um, and then Phil Jackson, they did as well. Yeah. And then but, Jordan. I don't know what you call that in the, the television world, how you stop it at a certain point and then, you know, show the back history and then come back. To I'm it. sure there's a word for it. And I'm sure that I, I learned it down the road yeah. and I forgot. That's why I brought it up. I thought it was a good segment to show your intelligence, but yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, it's great fair. job. Great job. Yeah, I'm we, sorry. I, I tried. Um, last night, as far as like the bad boy dynasty goes, I mean, unreal. I mean, we knew the backstory. I wanted more of the hatred. Like I know that, um, Isaiah Thomas and, and MJ had a lot more beef than that. Um, there's a lot, I feel like, that they didn't even discuss, which I was a little disappointed about. Well, Isaiah was left off the dream team, and that was Jordan's choice. And their coach was Chuck Daly, and Chuck exactly. Daly didn't say shit because he knew he had to appease Jordan. Exactly. So, which is crazy because, you know, Daly was also Isaiah's coach. So how did he not – he didn't want to appease both. There had to be a way around it. I don't know. Um, I, as well, far even, as last – I'm sorry to cut you off, but even when they're talking to Jordan about the non-handshake and they're showing him the replay of what Isaiah was saying, he's like, man, he's full of shit. I don't care what he has to say, da, da, da. And he looks at it. And you know, another thing that I wrote down in my notes, I got a bunch of notes on this shit, is I can't believe they were just letting the F-word fly on national television, on ESPN. Did you hear the F-word on your broadcast? Yeah, they, um, they, do, they do the edited version on ESPN, too. They let you know that during the week, that if – if you are censoring it with your children, watch the ESPN2 gotcha. version. What if you are pirating it and you only have the one version? Who do well, you call to complain? You don't call anybody. You're pirating <laughs> it. It's illegal. I would think, you know, I would think. All right, Mr. Cableman, chill, chill, chill. I didn't pirate um, it. I stole a password. They didn't, they didn't like curse at all in the first two episodes. And then last night they were just letting it fly. They Jordan cursed especially. a couple times. It was, it was kind of like uh, just so fluid. They you're just like, oh, all right. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, when I speak to you naturally, not on mics, we're typically cursing most of the time. Yeah. You know, it's just how we speak, you know. So they, you could just tell that they were more comfortable, which is more realistic. So right. I wasn't opposed to it. Um, what did you think? I mean, it's definitely building. We're only 40% through. Um, going back to weeks one and like week one with season, well, week one with episode one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, I even though I'm 36, the the Jordan game at uh, the at the Garden at um in Boston mm-hmm. when he had like 63, he had like a Kobe s kind of line 63 yeah. five and four. Yeah, I, something like that. I, I I didn't get to see that live. I've never like really even seen tape of that game. That was unreal. That was a game. Games used to be so much different back then. You know, like yeah, just so it was much weird more how um, physical. It was weird how they had him on a on a time restriction. 14 minutes, 7-7, seven, seven, and then they just let them go in the playoffs. And they knew they weren't going to win anyway. They got swept by the Celtics in that, in that series, that opening series. Maybe they had hope. Maybe they did. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Um, but it was kind of – to see Jordan put up all those points and still get blown out, though, that was a realization. Like, he needed help. He needed that, and he needed the triangle offense. Right. The triangles – you know – it pisses me off that, you know, now we're kind of learning about the triangle offense. Like, I, I kind of had a little bit of a grasp on, like, exactly what it was. But I know, like, every pass leads to, like, 35 different moves off of that and this and that and something more spreading the ball around. Like, why didn't, the Knicks, why didn't the Knicks try to implement that when Phil Jackson was their GM? Um, they didn't have the personnel. 
they did a lot of ISO. They didn't have the personnel. Right, but it seems, to, it to, seems to me like personnel is like beyond the fact that you're spreading the ball around. You're pass, 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 you know, getting open looks. You know, personnel, I feel like everybody should have the personnel to run the triangle offense. It's just a complicated system that takes time to learn and no one wants to put down the time. I, I don't even think it's personally, I mean, from a, a, a tactical concept, you know, point of view, it's nothing really absurd to learn, man. It's pretty simple. It's one of the easiest games. You're creating a triangle and you're passing and screening away. That's right. all you're doing. You're doing a three-man weave in a sense, but, you know, a reverse weave. There's that works better than like ISO ball that the Knicks ran forever with, with Mello. Yeah. You know, they, they, they tried us. the triangle for a little bit when Amari Stoudemire was there, but he just, he's not a jump shooter. So it, it didn't work out. You need that center or that swing forward to be able to actually, you know, shoot from the top of the key. You know, it, I feel like they ran bits of it in Boston for a while and Boston was successful. They, you know, that was part of their offense. Right. And they just didn't call it the triangle realistically, but I mean, it worked, it worked out in LA. It worked out with Kobe and Shaq. You know, so, you know, it works when it works. Basketball is different, though. It's, it shows, you know, it's a team game more so than just the one player. Jordan couldn't do it by himself. He needed that help. He right. needed that supporting cast, you know, and it's another reason why I don't consider MJ to be the best of all time. In the, you know? first, in the first two um, episodes, I ended up feeling bad for Scottie Pippen, man. He got a raw fucking deal. That, you have nobody to blame. Here we go. You have nobody to blame but Scottie. Scotty did what he thought he had to do. He wasn't educated on it. He had nobody, you know, as an agent telling him to not take that deal. Right. He, he wanted the stability. He had never seen money like that before. Right. And you saw with his family, with two people in his family being, you know, uh, you know held in wheelchairs. Right, but, but here's yeah, the deal. But, How often do people rene renegotiate contracts? In the NBA? Yeah. Now or back then? Because back then you didn't, especially as a bull. It was known that when you signed that contract, you didn't talk for three, four, or five years until right. he signed a seven-year, like sixteen oh, million dollar deal, like something. Because he stupid. wanted, he wanted that guaranteed money. He didn't think right. he, you, you can't say in one scene that you think you could be the best in the NBA, you know, and that you know you're going to compete for Michael Jordan's like, title. Once you put up all these numbers, and and they, I think it was like 125th player salary in the league or whatever. Like once you're putting up. All those big numbers, you're an all-star and this and that. Like, take care, of your, take care of your boy. You know what I'm saying? Why should they reevaluate a contract? He negotiated for that deal. He's the but one who he, the he negotiated for that deal before the stardom and all that shit. Before the championships. Every Dude. sport ever, once you once you find success, what do you do? You renegotiate your contract. Now. This is before he was successful. Now. You do that now. You did not do that back then. And you heard them say, like, you never discussed other people's contracts. Nobody discussed anybody else's money. That was your money. That was like something that's like if you and I are fighting and you had kids, I would never bring your, your kids into the fight. I would never bring your wife into the fight. I wouldn't do that. I would, I would keep it between you and I. Back then, nobody talked money, especially on the Bulls. Nobody talked money. Right. That was just, they didn't stand for it. It wasn't the same kind of game that it is now. You didn't have Twitter. You didn't have these guys fighting about it or holding out. Nobody did that. Scotty undersold himself. He didn't see the game taking off the way it did and the con the TV contract deals and the team deal. he didn't see that, you know, they, it's not like they came to him and said, Hey, Scotty, we'd love to sign you for seven years. You know, we want to sign you for 17 for less than, you know, three a year, you know? Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. You know, it was him going to them. He decided I want stability. I want to be able to take care of my family. He didn't know contracts were going to evolve like that. I don't feel bad for him because I would have never done a seven year deal. 
he was in a sense, he knew, man, this is the same man who knew he was going to need surgery and said, I don't want to do it and ruin my summer. I'm going to do it during the season because right. I'm not being paid for it. You yeah. did that to yourself. So I can't feel bad for somebody who's that selfish. Yeah, I'm just pissed. And, and I say that term selfish really lightly because he was doing it to take care of his family. But so he's selfless and taking care of his family, but he was selfish as far as the team goes. Yeah, MJ was pissed. Of course he'd be pissed. You know, was he more pissed at Scotty sitting out, not having surgery until the season started? Or was he more pissed that Phil Jackson allowed, you know, Dennis Rodman to go on a Vegas vacation? Yeah, they all knew that um, Rodman, you had to coddle him. You know, Rodman reminded me of when Artest signed with the Lakers because Artest was kind of that bad boy, malice in the <laughs> palace. But he was that missing piece that they needed. They needed that tough rebounder, you know what I'm saying? But when Meta signed – I say Meta. When, when Ron Artest signed in L.A., I, I don't compare that to having the same past as what Rodman did. Rodman didn't – when Rodman came to Chicago – he wasn't dressing in drag yet. He wasn't doing the hairstyle shit. Yeah, he, was. he was. Yes, he was. He was doing it. He was doing it in San Antonio. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, you he are right. He just started doing so, it in San what, Antonio. Because yeah, you're he right. When already, he, left, he was you're already right. becoming who he was going to be. But Phil Jackson but, is the ultimate glue for this team. Phil Jackson, the Zen master, is he knows how to treat every one of his players. He knows he can't treat everybody the same. And he's got to, you know, give so this makes guy it a that, coach. Which what coach. makes a good coach. And you that's know? why Jerry Krause is a fucking scumbag piece of shit. Like, this is the last year. They could have won seven or eight championships in a row. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you saw Jordan didn't have the same talent when he left. But, you know, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they could have given seven a run. In a row? Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been in a, in a row because Jordan played baseball and all that. But no, I know. That's what I'm they could have given their, but they their didn't seven. Win. They didn't they didn't win in that fourth year. They did the two three peats in a row. Right, right. Well, what I'm saying is Jordan kind of anytime he was on the court, Jordan won six in a row. I'd say, right? Sure. Okay. But but then again, I mean, everybody that talks, oh, MJ's the best. I mean, look what Chicago did with MJ not there. They won like three less games and they went to the playoffs. You know, yeah, without him. I think him. they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. They did. Didn't they lose to Orlando? I'm not sure. Could be. All right, we'll figure that out for next show. Um, side note, I, this story popped up in between the two weeks. Did you see that Oakland had tried to offer MJ a starting position? They wanted to give him a major league deal. Really? Yeah, that they had said that if he had come and played in Oakland, he would have made the pros, which I thought I don't was believe great. that because he was trash. He was trash. He was absolutely trash in the base. He didn't even look like – he looked like when um, – oh, my God, who's that uh, – a director. I'm did a, you know hate. who? Um, did you know who Jordan's manager was? No. It was the he played on the Durham Bulls. It was Terry Francona. Really? Terry Francona was Jordan's manager. Yeah. Nice. Was he wearing uh like the the glasses with the the nose and the mustache then or no? No, no, no. He's good to go now. Oh, that's Bobby Val. That was Bobby Valentine. Yeah. Francona. Um, so Francona was with the Bulls before he went to the Red Sox or the Indians. That's it was the White Sox. Yeah. I thought it was the White Sox. Well, no. Francona coached for the Indians, and then he went to the Red Sox. No, he went to the Red Sox, then the Indians. Or did he go back to the Indians? He's with the Indians right now. He's their head coach or their manager right now. Did, uh, you, have a cup, did you have a cup of coffee this morning? 
No, dude, I woke up, I came right on the air. Oh, no, look at you. Yeah, me too. I, I had to throw a hat on. I feel on. like, dude, I, I didn't sleep at all yesterday, so I was beat. Let's see. I yeah, got a yeah. bunch of notes written down, though, for this, uh, for this doc. Um, how about – hold on a second. Um, <laughs> a funny note I want to make. Fuck, where did I write it? Uh, the Jock Sniffers, the Sniff Brothers. Gross. Who the fuck are these guys? Yeah, they said next week we're, we're going to see more of them. We're the Sniff Brothers. We're the Sniff Brothers. Like, what? What are you yeah. – And then Jordan's just sitting there, like, not even saying shit as they're like, yeah, we're the Sniff Brothers. We're the sniff brother. We're jock strap sniffers. Like, weird. Who the hell are these guys? It's not the term I would have used. It's not what I would have gone with. Sniff brothers. And I like I like seeing old Craig Sager or young Craig Sager. I'd say young Craig Sager. This is before he was so colorful and exuberant and and wearing fucking rainbow suits every night. This is what what caused. I would love to know what caused him to for the wardrobe change. Maybe he started seeing what everyone else is wearing in the NBA. And they're like, I, I don't like that. Oh, I like can that. I, can I use that when you're done with it? All right, cool. Sounds good to me. Uh, Rodman doesn't want to go to Nashville, I wrote down. Like, right. Remember, remember when uh, they're like, hey, come to Nashville. He's like, oh, there ain't a place for me. Rodman would love Nashville. What are you talking about? I don't – he was scared. Well, I think – because didn't he grow up in Texas, right? I'm not he, sure. I'm pretty sure he grew up in Texas, and I don't think he felt he belonged in Texas. He was like, there's nothing but steers and queers in Texas, and I don't belong here. So, Oh, my, uh, last, my last note – well, actually, I got, I, got, I got like four pages of notes off those last two episodes last night. I was just like fucking jotting shit down left and right. Fuck migraines. Agreed. When Scotty Pippen got a migraine, and he could, I could relate so well. You to felt him. it, I know. So I that. felt it, dude. I was just at the doctor's office this past week, and I got uh, a script for migraine medicine. Migraines are so debilitating. Like, all I could think about was how did Terrell Davis do it in the Super Bowl? No you clue. Know, just get popped and hit, boom, boom. He could have had a no seizure and died. And then playing basketball, I couldn't even dribble a basketball with my. He said he could not see. That means he was having an ocular migraine. Like when you have an ocular migraine, you literally cannot see. You can't focus. It's crazy. You throw up, it's it's wild. And he played the game with that shit. Well, they actually ended up taking him out. But that that's fun right there. They could have been in the championship that year. That was in the Easter Conference Finals. Have uh have you noticed your headaches getting worse recently? No, why? I don't know. I've, I've been getting knock on wood, getting... I, I haven't had a migraine in uh, a couple months. But I I, yeah. I um I just got health insurance, so I went to the doctor, got looked at. They pop the hood open. And they're like, "All right, we'll give you this." Nice. Yeah. You went. You went to gyno and everything. All that stuff. Yep. Good. Yeah. Soon um, you're gonna need a colonoscopy, bro. You're getting old. Well, isn't that included? Or that was? <laughs> no, that was a Corona test. The Did you get the Corona? No. no, that's no. The Corona test is up your nose. Then what the hell were they doing down there? Searching. Maybe they were looking for your appendix. Right. All right. Here we go. Um, Jordan is better when he just wants to win. Got that written down. Got that circled. Like, when you put fire underneath Jordan and his only goal is to win, he is fucking – you can't stop him. He's phenomenal. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's all I got. But I love love the series. It's a great series. I just – we're in this uh, society now in which we binge watch everything. And when we get slow rolled shit, we get yeah. fed little niblets. We're like, 
through anymore anymore. It gives you something to look forward to. It, gets it does. Us, it uh, does. No, I mean, I was telling this to somebody the other day, like, this Netflix society that we live in just adds to, like, us not having an attention span because we'll absorb a whole season worth of shit, a whole season worth of emotions of laughing, crying, feeling mad, feeling sad, you know what I'm saying? And we'll pack that into, like, a six-hour span in which normal people back in the day in, like, the 80s and 90s had a whole year to live out all those emotions when we're just bottling that shit up, packing it in nice and tight. And it's, here you go, six hours, here's your little roller coaster. And then, and then you're like, oh, what else is next? What else is next? That's why we as a society have no attention span at all. It's debilitating. That is the downfall of the modern world right now is we can't focus on anything because we're always looking for the next, the next, the next, the next. You know what I'm saying? It's even worse now, now that everybody's home. They're all just watching. Right. Well, at least at least you'd like shoot for that time at night. Now, right. I mean, I found myself doing that yesterday. I was like, I was on Netflix and I was like, this is absurd. Like I could yeah. sit here all day. Yeah. You know, and it's like everyone's downloading TikTok where you get little, little five second videos. Which I will not download that app. I will not. Don't do it. do it. We are not advocates for it here on Sports Hub Radio. No. I was thinking about doing it because uh, Kanan has one for his sports shit and he posts highlights and he gets like 12,000 likes on a video. But I'm like, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. You put it on your name, not mine. Okay. No, no. I don't want, I don't want the Chinese government in my phone. Right. We'll have Maddie do it. We'll give her a nice little job. She'll love it. What is she, she's going to post highlights from seven years ago. No, we'll be all right. We'll coach her up. We'll coach her up. But uh, you got any last uh, last words on the, the Jordan doc? Um, I didn't see what they're going to go over next week. I don't I – don't, I think I was dozing out towards the end. So just looking forward to it. I mean, like I said, it gives us something to look forward to on Sundays. Um, I think I'm going to rewatch episode four, to be honest with you, because, like I said, I fell asleep during a lot of Dude, other feet. I rewatched one and two. I watched both episodes twice. See, I was so into one and two. I could sit here and still go verbatim on one and two. But yeah. last night Dude, I was look at all these. look at all these notes I took off of last night. I know that what – what's the whole thing with Ron Harper? Uh, Ron Harper uh, or the Cleveland game with the shot? What went on with that? What do you mean? Like, what was – what did somebody say about Craig Elo or something? I'm not sure if I follow. Oh. Uh, yeah, maybe, like I said, in and out. For all I know, I was just streaming. Um, yeah. Going off the Jordan doc, um, next – oh, next week is going to be with Kobe. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So next week, so we'll see some interaction there. Um, Every, you know, now that you mentioned Kobe, the more I watch this Jordan doc, the more I see Kobe in Jordan. Just the work ethic, the pissed offness, just the, the way he carries himself, the way he cares about the game, always working. You know, I see Kobe or I see Jordan and Kobe like more now than ever. What do you think? You're going to disagree. Um, they're very similar, okay? Um, but again, I just I don't consider either of them to be the best of all time. Where? So, but and it's it's better to compare them to and leave LeBron out of it, you know, and compare LeBron more so to like Magic, you know, because LeBron's more of the point forward played. I mean, statistically, LeBron put up better numbers than Kobe and Jordan ever did. Um, but the killer mentality, definitely Kobe and. And Jordan, top of the game, you know, of all time. That's where it was. It, it, you are 100% right. That was Kobe's idol, was MJ, you know? Right. And he mirrored his game. After, why, why would you not mirror your game after the greatest of all time? Everyone's like, not, oh, he's not original. He stole his moves and this and that. 
Yeah, why wouldn't you? He perfected them to right. some extent. He, he, made, he already you know, did it. Why, why, why wouldn't you just try to do it again? And he did do it again. He won five championships. If, if it works, you know, why not? But um, right. I, so that is next week. So I'm going to see that. I've heard that they are now uh, beginning to cut the doc for Kobe. So now there's going to be a Kobe docuseries as well because um, they were following him around his last season. So I can't wait really? for that. Yeah, that, that's going to be awesome. Oh, my God. Um, I need to get that shit out. Uh, also, by the way, good plug for another doc, the Patroons doc. Oh, really? I gotta nice. get you to see that shit. That well, here it is. My my buddy actually made it. Brendan Casey worked. He uh, works for Upside Collective or owns Upside Collective. Made that doc. Came out like a year and a half ago. It was it was just while it was just like a thirty for thirty, but it was like a local thirty for thirty. It was awesome. And they they interviewed Phil for it. They interviewed George Carl. They interviewed all the big time players. And uh, he has Mario Moon. They didn't interview Jamario Moon. No, they didn't release the doc because he's trying to sell it to Netflix. And I think he's. I think he's in a uh, disagreement over some um, some ESPN footage that he got from somewhere else that ESPN claims they own the footage and they're trying to get like 20 grand out of him. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I might have to re-edit the doc and take their footage out and shit like that. What What did he call it? He called yeah. it the minor league Mecca. Cool. It was badass, dude. Super cool. Um, I, I actually have access to it. I have the, uh, the, the Vimeo code. I'll have so to I was going to say – where can people see it if somebody wanted to watch it? People cannot see it. It's not, it's not out. It's not available. But since I work for the team, I have access to it. And uh, once I know where, what they're doing with it, I'll let everybody know because it is such it's, – it's a two-hour doc, and it's well worth the watch. Also, speaking of docs, did you watch my New York Giants training camp doc? From years ago? From two years ago, I made it. I think I remember watching that. But yeah. I just I just released it like this past week. Oh, then maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I remember I, seeing. I put it on sport. It was about the training camp at the University of Albany. You know, I was a doc oh, studies yeah, minor. Yeah. A doc studies minor? That's a real thing. Yeah, I was a journalism major and a doc studies minor. This oh, shit I, is all right up my alley. I I, I like get off watching all this stuff. Mm, talk dirty. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that there was such a thing as a doc series minor. I'm doc studies. Doc studies. You can major in documentary studies, or you can minor it. I minored in it. That's uh, why you like all those things. Duh. All right. No, uh, that makes sense. Hey, I will say I love my new my new seat here on my couch. I think from now on I'm just gonna hub here. Okay. I like it. All right. Sounds good. John, um, John I gotta go to work. I know you do. Um, so we'll just let you go there. Uh, thanks everybody for, I'm not sure if I'm gonna make this a video yet. I might make it a video. No, I, I think you should just make it a, look at you, gotta use your backgrounds. Yeah. I think we should definitely make well, it a background. I'll clip in some previews and this and that. Just, just release the whole thing. We'll figure it out because I gotta chop it up and all, whatever, whatever. Guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for and listening. Ladies. Thank you for and ladies, we love the ladies. We love the ladies. We love Paula. Paula, Paula share the love. Paula. You're awesome. Thank you. To our new, to our new fans everywhere, uh, worldwide. Yep. Um, uh, we appreciate what you. What a week. Uh, we'll see you next week here on Sports Hub. For Ben Soren, I'm John Longton. Thank you very much. Share us with hope. What's up, Hope? hope. hope.